This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hello everybody, I'm Kate Fogger, this is Julie Hurt and together we are making light to humans being. We were... um, well, we're being a bit frivolous, actually, because we're both having issues with reflection. And Julie's worried about being shiny. Um, and I was doing fine. And then as soon as she sorted herself out, anyway, we can't do anything about it. And as Julie says, it just means we've got angel shit going on. And just as she said that, a dust moat went right across her screen. So um, thank you, angels. So if you see any odd glare, it's just that the angels are, I don't know what shining on us because they're sprinkling all the wonderful dust and all the good things so before we here's a concept before we go into this who's it talking to do you believe in fairies yes okay oh yeah okay i'm not i'm just not sure as in yeah i don't know and then so i was talking about this when we were out um with my my swim buddies who aren't necessarily of the same persuasion as me and you mean um, woo woo aren't necessarily woo woo (laughs) yes exactly precisely um so there is potential for ridicule here um it's fine so you know i don't mind but um someone said something about someone had come to scotland that she'd met somebody on a train or something and he was coming to scotland so like a and he was a professor of something like a a university something or other and he was going to scotland to study fairies and she's like and i was like and then someone said well kate probably believes in fairies do you believe in fairies and i was like do you know i don't know like i know people that do i don't really know do i believe in wood nymphs and i don't know but you know i believe in even angels, like I don't, that's not what I see in my head, but I believe that I can talk to dead animals. Who am I to say there are no fairies? Where do you draw the line? <laughs> it's like, so I'm sort of like, I would have to, you know, take the fifth on this because I don't know. I don't, yeah. I guess it depends what a fairy is. Is this, this is another conversation though, but what do you think? Yes. No, okay, we'll not go there. Right, if you yeah, want to we won't fairies, go there. <laughs> write in and ask that we talk about fairies. Okay, in the meantime, we are on um week God, three overwork week yes. three overwork in the context of not good enough and as I sat in a car my sister's with me at the moment and we drove to see we're driving back from my mum actually seeing my mum and I thought I was sort of talking out loud because I was like oh do you plan your what you talk about and I sort of said well we've started to but let me think this through and then of course as you pointed out our mother's whether in the form of dementia and probably all our lives before that, have very much um, driven us to overwork through not good enough, Julie. Discuss. Yes, yes, absolutely. So yeah, you were telling me about going to visit your mom and some, and I'll let you tell her story, but it reminded me, which is why we're talking about this today, but my mom is in, she has mild cognitive impairment. So it's the beginning stages of all of it, but you can see the some of the symptoms, right? The same conversation repeats every 15 minutes. Um, sometimes she doesn't, she gets agitated pretty quickly when things are not controlled, um, in her controlled. <laughs> uh, now there's a lot of different things that are going on and it triggers us. It, we were talking earlier how it triggers us feeling not good enough. 
um, for my mom, it's, you know, I, I moved back from Alaska to here to help take care and figure out what was going on. And then even just trying to get the tests that near needed to get the diagnosis. And it's just this constant, this overwork of like constantly putting ourselves out there. There is this tornness between take for me personally, I'm also the oldest child. So there's this tornness between it's my duty to take care of them, my mom and dad, but I also have all this other stuff that I want to do, but then, and then, you know, and time is not, we don't have a lot of time, you know, and it's, it's all, and just going back and forth. And no discussion would be complete without mentioning the patriarchy, but why do you think you feel like that? Like, (laughs) how many sons do you think go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I better move my entire family across the whole of the United States out of a place I love because I want to be close to them so they can reject me more. (laughs) No, yeah. First time I had that proper counselling, it was on the phone, which I found very, well, so that wasn't the first time, sorry. One of many times I had counselling, one of the, and it was about my mum, and I was just like, it was before she even moved back from Turkey, but she had just done, I don't know, she managed to be demanding even in absentia. I would spend hours on emails telling her how to reboot her laptop because this was happening or that was happening. I would spend, talk about overwork, fuck it, oh fuck. Oh my God, Julia, I spent hours. She'd just write some random, I don't understand why your computer's doing blah. And I would research it and find out why. And I would write out all the steps for her. I would spend hours on these emails only to find it was a complete non-issue by the time she got the email. It'd be like, oh, that. You know, and you'd be like, oh, I spent days writing that email and then recrafting it in words of one syllable because you're an idiot and you don't even need it. And, uh, um, oh, my God, that's so much overwork. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the, but the counsellor said to me, because I was just like, I don't know what to do. I think I have to leave the country. And she's like, why? And I said, because I can't say. She was back on holiday. She's come back just to be even more charming in person. Um, and you know, I was like, because I can't say no to her. And she's just too demanding. And she's like, why can't you say no to her? And I was like, because I can't. I remember getting really angry with her, actually. I was like, because she's like, well, you don't have to. And I was like, but you don't understand anyway she said that like most people not most but that was some huge statistic of people that emigrate is to escape their families because it's Mm -hmm. easier to to not be able to help than to to apply boundaries if you you know if you live in australia so the people that go really long haul are often children escaping their family or their parents in some way yeah isn't it you have to go because honestly I was like I see no other solution other than for me to move to Australia I could not see a way out yeah yeah I mean I didn't I don't I didn't do moving away consciously like I didn't think about I need to get away and I don't know if I and this is actually something I've been thinking about for quite some time like years what is it that made me want to, um, like, I went away to college and I would rarely come home. I, and I couldn't wait to get out of the town I lived in and, you know, which is 30 minutes now from me anyway, but I couldn't wait to like and go to college and rarely come home. And then I moved to Germany and I lived there for two and a half years. And then I still, I, then I moved back and I was close and then I started moving further and further afield, like back out to Alaska. And I never felt like it was 
driven by the need to be separate from them. There is something about wanting to see other places, live in other cultures, be to get a taste of something else. And I don't know if it's actually driven by them. However, it did make it easier to not get pulled in. I mean, now that I look at, oh, well, it's actually pretty good. And, you know, I couldn't get pulled into the drama of whatever was going on um, with my family. I couldn't. Um, and at the same time, I could be actually now that I think about it too, to my extended family, there's something of like an exotic, oh, look where she's going, look where she's going. And I actually talked to my sister when I moved back here to West Michigan. And she, and I said, you know, I didn't want to have to leave you with, this is also overworking. I didn't want to have to leave her with everything that was going with my dad. Because by the time we moved home, my dad had had a stroke and all this stuff. And I didn't want to leave her. And so there's an overwork thing right there too. And I said, you know, so I moved back and she's like, well, I always admired you for being the adventurous one and trying to go see other stuff. And I'm like, oh, didn't think about it. That's what I thought. So too. Yeah. So I, but yeah, I, yeah, it's, yeah. That's a really nice way because she could have said, which some sisters might have done, well, it's all right for you. You fucked off somewhere else, you know, because you get a lot of that. Well, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. 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 I do think that fear lies with her though, that I will just go because we do want to go. And I've already told her I'm not staying here. Like this is not the long-term, <laughs> at least that I want the long-term plan that I want, but yeah, that makes her nervous, which I understand. So <laughs> it does, but the thing is you can't draw boundaries for her either. No. I, you know, the more the more time I spend in homes and things like that, the more I realise that actually, I think staff have said that to me as well, one way or the other. You realise that you think you're the most important thing in your, when your parents are going to care. You, I still think, it's not that I actively think my mum sits around dying for me to go and see her because she's not, A, she's not like that, and B, she can't remember either way. But, you know, there is an element of that duty, and you realise that you're not, you're actually only a really small part because they're, they're actually... Yeah other people all the time so they may get all oh why don't you come and see me more often you know I would get that from my mom not now but you know when she was more cognizant of what was going on you could never see enough of her it would never be enough for her you know she's like those old ladies that open the door and say oh nice of you to show up you know that would just be her default response to anything you could never give enough I think there's a um it's a song by oh I'll have to look it up it's it's Huberstank who I love like oh yeah, he calls them the God Squad because one of their songs is—I don't think they are a God Squad at all. But um, um, but it's yeah. uh, the more I fill your cup, the less, the less. The, basically, the more I do for you, the less pleased you are. The less I can do, the less you know. And that, it's a song that when it comes on, I—it's one of those songs that just makes me want to cry if I sing it mm-hmm. because um, it, I guess it's really poignant and it, it's actually a really good recognition and that's a really good thing for overwork as well. Like you, when you actually get to the point where you realise you can never work hard enough because yeah you you know a what you're doing isn't filling anybody's cup there are people that there are people that get some well my mom is one of those people that got a lot of I wouldn't say joy but satisfaction of putting me to work you know as if 
it was a you know maybe that's her emotional immaturity in that let me see if I can get Kate to do that as long as Kate's doing this for me then it means that she cares about me because you know that became more and more obvious before she went completely gaga that became more and more obvious like if I was about to go home she would find all these tasks for me or get in a fuss or start you know bringing out random things from the house that required my attention and like she would not let me leave and and it was like she was just sort of goading me to stay longer and longer and longer um yeah oh my god yeah. the whole catalogue of overwork oh yeah as you were talking it just reminded me too of when we when we even when okay so my dad had a stroke in 2019 and we still lived in Alaska so then and then COVID hit and I couldn't get back enough to see them because I thought well instead of coming back annually I'll come back quarterly couldn't in the first quarterly plan shot out the window because that's when COVID hit and then and then I remember like trying to ask questions from afar and no one wanted to talk about what you know what they needed or what they they didn't want to share any of that with me and I hadn't yet learned the lesson of it's their life and I still have, I have a hard time with it, right? Because I can see things that are changing in both parents. And I'm like, oh, let me swoop in and help. <laughs> no, they don't want that. So now we're at the point where I, so when I lived in Alaska, every Sunday we would FaceTime. So, and so we're kind of to some degree back on that schedule, even though I'm, you know, a 30 minute drive from them still once a week, I call them. And usually every other week I will see them but it's for a meal or a cup of coffee or something like that. It's not some big overblown thing. They don't want to talk about, you know, how you doing? Great. Anything I can do for you? No. You know, I do know where do certain documents are. I know where certain things are. I know the triggers to, you know, that whatever. And, and a friend of mine had me read being mortal, which I'll put the, it's a book written by a doctor about the end of life and how we need to have these conversations and there are some conversations I probably have to have with them yet. However, they don't want me swooping in. You don't know how lucky you are, Julie. I know it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. But you know, know. The, other, the other end of that is people who demand attention off you absolutely constantly. The only thing I would say to you is get a power of attorney. Other than that, just wait until they need it. Because I've got it all. Yeah. If you've got power of attorney, fucking leave them to it. Honestly, because yeah. you can't help them. They don't want your help. No, even though I can see that there's some there's a couple of medical things we should probably be addressing. They don't want it. So and in that book, Being Mortal, the guy. Yeah, he talks about if they don't want it, don't let them. We, our medicine focuses so much on fixing yes. instead of honoring the transition of life and the phases of life. And would, it would be a much better outcome if we did the latter instead of trying to fix it. I, you know, I think this, but this is, this is, so what we haven't talked about, and this is exactly it. So we're complaining about the net result of overwork, but the reason is why that that's what we're here <laughs> to talk about. Why do we do it? Why do you need to fix that for your parents? Why do you feel that you have to swoop in and do everything? Cause that's, and this has been an eye opener. And I know we've talked about it in both un, unlo unlovable and unworthy, not good enough for me is more about like being the perfectionist and being this and being that. Um, but yeah, why 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 do you have to be the good daughter why do you have to be the perfectionist that why why does why isn't your attention ever enough you know so I suppose that's the for me the slight difference in the, and they do all munge up in not yeah. is more about well I'm you know not like doing 
too much of something or or keeping working away at something because it needs to be better because I need to be but like so but also this thing like today we had the conversation with the nurse and my mom was horrible to me today so we better not go there because I'm just going to end up mother bashing because actually I actually for the first I don't know if it's because my sister's here but she was actually a real cow to me and I thought oh you're still in there aren't you nasty little bitch and I was like really you know and the nurses were really taken aback because they think she's we actually had a conversation with the nurse and they go your mom's absolutely adorable she's all cuddly in that and I was like she's fucking making up for lost time you know I was <laughs> That was, no I didn't say fucking because she hadn't made me angry by then but the first yeah. thing she said to Stella was oh it's lovely to see you and then she looked at me and she said I'm not sure about you and you're like oh okay and then yeah. she said um well you look nice and then she said well you don't you know because you don't very often do you also you know you're like this is a woman that can fucking barely string a sentence together but she can certainly say you know and you know and it's not that she doesn't know what she's saying you know she yeah. knows exactly what she's saying and and anyway, so she kept this up. So I don't know if it's that having my sister there brings out some sort of performance in her, some sort of, you know, since she has an audience, this this nasty bit of her comes back because she was really quite horrible. And I actually sat there and and anyway, she's got issues. Well, she's got lots of issues, but um, she's been on a catheter to try and clear up basically a rash she's got because she's incontinent without getting too personal. But wait till your parents get older. Nothing is off limits. Um, anyway, she's ripped the catheter out, which doesn't surprise me because she's a busybody and a, and, a, and and anyway, and but they think she's allergic to pads. Of course she is. She's the only woman in the world that's allergic to. Anyway, sorry, I'm quite irritated. <laughs> so I'm sitting googling natural reusable. I had a conversation with them. Yes, they have a laundry, and yes, they'd use them if I could get them. Because I said, well, why don't we try cotton pads? And they're obviously hoping to get the catheter in, but she's made a lot of progress, and it'd be nice to have these things. Anyway. So, and I'm Googling, what's that? That's overwork. That's like, I, here, you've given me something to do. And now I feel okay, because now I'm the good daughter. I'm the good daughter because I'm Googling and I'm going to find the right solution for you. And even though she's completely oblivious to this, she couldn't give a shit. She's sitting there being nasty to me while I'm Googling her incontinence products. But it, it soothes me. And this is something new. This is what we're talking about. Ever Baronius, Julie and I are doing a... Uh, um, workshop with Eva Baronius and we've been listening to her podcast which, I, podcast which I highly recommend actually and I'll put it in the links I've mentioned her a few times but she was the one that brought up overwork as a um, what do you call it Worker. well she calls negative belief or a, or not negative belief she calls it's it a response sorry stress response yeah. yeah stress response yeah and it's true because like I'm like okay now I'm shutting out you and your nastiness and and well it wasn't because the two weren't necessarily happening at the same time but you know I'm I am now you've given me a task to do and this is actually looking back historically the best way I could deal with my mother so I encouraged this because when I was alone with her trying you know spending time in her doing stuff for her gave me a focus that meant I wouldn't kill her you know because mm. I had to so I, you know, so I would literally go and see my mom and do chores from start to finish, and I'm like, and then I would feel like, right, well, I've done all of all the stuff that he's doing. I've changed her plugs. I've organised. I've tried to get her to feed the dog. I, you know, done all the spreadsheets, told her where everything is, organised all her stuff, done all this, you know, as much as will physically possible to cram into a night before going home. And then I yeah. would feel so that was actually all about me, me. Yeah knowing that I had been good enough that I had been a good daughter and I had taken care of her and that's the pattern that has persisted so I was sitting there while Stella was talking to on my phone looking <laughs> up incontinence pads feeling my worthiness and my good enoughness because I was 
doing something for her not that yeah she yeah <laughs> yeah so for me when you were as we when you were asking the question why you know the guides show up over here on my right hand side and I'm like why why is what why do I overwork in an effort to work through not good enough and they were they immediately go well a good girl always gets permission before she does anything so it for me when I would do more like go above and beyond or step in I remember my mom used to own some clothing stores in the town that I'm from and right downtown on on the main drag and um they would have sidewalk sale every year for in July and it would be two full days and I would always make I would take time off from my job this you mean I've had this was through high school on I would take time off from my job. When I moved away, I would come home at that time, like all these different things. And I would work. And this is in the sun. It's in the heat. You don't eat a whole lot. You don't, you know, like you're, it's nine to nine on one day and nine to five or something on the next day. So that was one thing. And I would always too, like when she would come over, I always would make sure that the house was spotless. And her mother did that to her too. So I picked that up going down, but it was, I did this work. I did this overwork and all this, duh, see mom, look at all the great things I do so that I had permission to then go out of the house and do what I wanted to do. And I also, to some degree, kept it away from her. Like I, she calls me a very private person and I don't share a whole lot with her. Cause why would I, whenever I shared anything that was, that I like, you know, I would get a side eye or, you know, head tilt or what are you doing? And I even remember she once when cute. I was moving, huh? Isn't she cute, little weirdo? <laughs> yeah, she, and oh, that thing, she, thank you for saying that because that just reminds me that shoot. Well, there were two things. There was the original story I was going to tell, but you just reminded me when I was in Mich- when I was at college, the African American students did a sit-in um, because of unfair inequality, all of the things, right? So they did a sit-in, and it. Um, because they sat in at the administration building, it was close to graduation and it was hard for other people to get in to get the documents that they needed to graduate. And I supported the African-American students and my mom, I remember I was home from school for a weekend or something. And I said to her, or she was watching the news and she turned around, the TV was behind her and I'm over here. She turns around, she looks at me, she goes, you support them, don't you? And I said, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? She goes, I don't know where you come from. I mean, that little thing right there, just boom, right at, you know, and so I've always had that too, playing like I'm, I'm the oddball. And so I, some degree, I probably do overwork to be the oddball. I mean, it's, but I can't help the fact that I'm drawn to animal communication. I'm drawn to spirituality, the woo-woo stuff. No, and then I, every time I do it, it's like, yeah. Whatever you did, they would find a way to, <laughs> they, you know, it wouldn't matter what you, uh, no I've learned that much because my sister's you know she's she's a bit on the woo-woo side now but she when I was off doing bad things my sister was a very good student and um I'm sort of talking teenage early you know university age just anyway that sort of age in my view at least I thought my sister had done the right things and she you know (laughs) and she got you know the same in a different context but you know there's why didn't you go to university why didn't you do that and you you know it's like you can't you just it's just we it's it's a learning process where you just have to accept that you're never going to get it right you can't do enough you can't be good enough yeah 
um, yeah. the right thing you can't but the odd thing is and I don't know if you and your sister talk about this his mom couldn't wait to tell me how great Stella was and Stella says the same about me like never said it to me I was like I, I didn't know this it's actually but she couldn't wait to tell me about all the great things that Stella had done that I hadn't achieved and yet Stella's like gobsmacked when I tell her that she's like god she never stopped going on about you and it's like why yeah. But that, I, that rather than my mom just being a psycho, I think that that's a lot of generational stuff, isn't it? He didn't want you to get a big head. Like, God forbid you were nice to somebody. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah. Just before I went to Alaska the last time to answer, well, my mom, we had dinner with my parents. And as I was leaving, my mom, as she hugged me, just said how proud she was of me, which she has said before, but it's been a long time since I've heard it really heard it and I was like oh I hope that's you and not the <laughs> and not don't the, anymore, yeah. Mom. just don't say anymore because you're gonna spoil yeah. it yeah but my sister and I have talked about it because I believe she is my mother's favorite is that I am my father's favorite so there's that aspect of it but my sister would say every time I would come home from po- points and you know points unknown um my sister would say oh yeah, every time you come home, the world stops because the Julie is home. And it was just like, and I'm like, really? Because it never feels that way. I don't feel like it's, oh, really? You're here. Okay. And I'm just, they go about their business. It's not a big fanfare. There's never like a party or anything, or there's not like banners on they the door. They don't have the fatted calf, Julie. No, no, not slaughtered. Not for me. But she's like, oh, they don't, they, it's all she talks about until you're here. And it's all she talks about the next week after you're gone. And I'm like, oh, I've never known that. But, but would it yeah. come to be nice? To just, I don't well, they're nice. I, they're not, they are nice. There's just, you can just see how some of the negative belief kicks in. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sorry, we're not pitching right then. We're talking about ourselves. Yeah. It wouldn't be beyond them to go, gosh, we're really excited about you coming home. It's lovely to have you here. <laughs> well, they say that in the initial minutes and then, oh, yeah. Okay. And that's, yeah. But it's, it's just to... It's just interesting how, yeah, yes, we talk about course. the other to the other. Yes. yes, and also we, of course, are looking through our lenses. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, so not good enough for me is huge. And up until now, that's probably been, that. I think that's at the root of all my stressy overwork, like the whole thing about the shed, which let's not go into that. Uh-huh. I think all yeah. that's about fear of getting a bad review somebody not liking it something that's why I just it's too much pressure and I didn't think I was like that like not with us you know it's like I didn't yeah I'm not a house proud I don't you can tell from the way I dress like it's not like I put a lot of effort into things like that and yet I suppose but for me not good enough is more about running a really efficient household like very early on I would start buying things in bulk because it was cheaper because I was on a budget I've always had a really efficient way of saving money I always have spreadsheets that make sure we're on the best mortgage deal and so that was how it came out for me and and at some point somebody might have pointed out to me that that wasn't normal and then I began to feel proud of that and then, of course, that exacerbates it because it's that's how good I am, Julie, is how how much control I have over these things. And until you meet other people who do things differently, I just thought everyone was like that. But I was quite proud of the fact that I had lists of, oh, fucking everything. 
even Christmas mm-hmm. cards. Mind you, that was just because I didn't want to send Christmas cards, so I only ever sent Christmas cards to people that sent me a card. And if they didn't send me one, they were off the list for next year because I was trying to escape the whole Christmas card trap. But I was ruthlessly efficient with yes, that. yeah, I was too. Yeah, Christmas is a good example. I would go overboard on buying presents. I would make sure everybody had Christmas cards. I would be so exhausted by the time it got to be Christmas. Usually I would be sick. That's how exhausted I was. Now I don't do Christmas cards and I'm trying to not, I don't buy, I don't presents or like, I'm like, does anybody want a book? Like that's my thing. I'll write <laughs> you the book. of many people around me, huh? <laughs> I'll write your book and you say, I've got a book here. It's like, I'll sign it for you if you like. Exactly. <laughs> That'll be totally in a couple of years that'll be it don't you want this to sign signed an autograph yeah just, just so you know julie's um written because i was looking at your email and i thought no it requires some some thought on my part but in julie's la- latest what would you call it email she's asked yeah. about ideas about what she should write about so everybody who gets julie's email if you don't sign up and get it it's very good and you, we can <laughs> we can dictate history here by um deciding what julie's i'm i'm Going towards a car, I think it was the middle one. But anyway, that's another discussion. Okay. Yeah. Again, Julie, because Lucas fascinating, but it was one about more generically about how animals. I think it was the one in the middle. How animals. Animals make us whole. Yes. Was the one in the middle, and then animal communication is a spiritual path as the third. That, you see, that's quite intriguing as well. So the first one's about Lucas's and your journey together. Yeah. Which I yes. love, but obviously I know that that animals make us whole tickled me in a sense of interesting actually and like this this is what's so fascinating about this work although I hate people that say this work um is as soon as you put that out there like as soon as you start exploring that I just see this tree with all this fruit completely like overladen with fruit there's just so much there and once you start down that path you know it's just going to be a jungle of of stuff to yeah to populate the book list shall we say yeah yeah it's um it's interesting so I'm part of this writer's community for Hay House and going through this they were kind of walking you through step by step it's kind of like how when we did animal communication can you hear that lawn stuff I heard something it sounded like an animal that's fine it's not no no it's lawn stuff anyway this um they're just like how we learned animal communication step by step they're writing you through the right they're go walking you through the writing process and I got to the part of like okay you've done all this work now put it out there so that you can have people are like now there's accountability but get one of the ways to do that is to get input on what to write about first and I'm like oh so that's what that is that's me doing that oh yeah you got, to see where it's going you so got me to answer to now Julie so you have to do it I know. And I, that scares the crap. No, just easy. <laughs> That's also, you see, again, not everybody would respond to that, but you and you're not good enough. You know, oh my God, people have actually written in and told me what I have to, well, I have to write it now. Otherwise yes. I've let people down and, you know, good, good girls don't do that. Uh, this thing, I, do you know what? Good is one of those words that I, I think should be struck from the English language completely. We were yeah. actually, this was in, um, it was actually in Danielle's community <laughs> for sensitive people. And it was some, chat about something it was one she does a webinar once a month where we talk about random subjects and stuff like that and there was some woman there that was very um partly spoken very well spoken and demure and that and she just said 
I said, I've paid enough in therapy not to be the good girl anymore. And I thought that's just brilliant. That was so brilliant because yeah. it's true, isn't it? It's like yeah. Gary always says, I don't understand why you want to be good. And I'm like, you know, like, why? What, what's all this about? Because he thinks this is all about self-improvement. I'm like, it's not about good. It's about happy. And if anything has made me miserable in my life, it's trying to be good. Because yeah. I was although I I was very rebellious as a child, very rebellious, which is why I, this acknowledgement that underneath it all, I'm just this little child trying to be good. It came as such a shock to me because I've always been extremely rebellious, very outspoken, very opinionated, didn't count out to anybody. I was always in trouble. I wasn't ever, never like really serious trouble. I haven't been expelled or anything like that, but I was regularly in the headmistress's office or I've never been suspended either you know there's a there's a line that, that perhaps I wouldn't cross and, and also I don't think there's ever been any malice in anything I did I just didn't like being pushed around I didn't I didn't like unfairness or unjustness and I would speak out and teachers don't always appreciate that I found but I wouldn't back down if I knew I was right I wouldn't back down and before you'd know mm -hmm. it I'd be standing going what the fuck happened it would have been escalated and suddenly I'm you know outside the headmaster's office don't think I ever got whipped did I get whipped oh geez oh yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did I think girls got the tacky which is a um, like a plimsoll boys got whipped and girls got hit with a shoe oh. um, I don't think I ever did oh. um, I mean oh. my mom hit us that wasn't, oh. that wasn't yeah bad. I would get spanked spanked I got slapped when I was in my early 20s late teens yeah yeah good times my mom would say come in here and pull your pants down Oof. So a little bit of humiliation in there as well. Exactly. I like that. She's like, your mother's shaming you. And you're like, I thought she was just mean, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> horrible things. Sorry, I'm being very down on my mother. Yeah. I get to. She was really horrible to me today. <laughs> not yes, spiritual. I'm not, I'm sorry, unconditional love, my ass, right? <laughs> Which is my buttons. We're all human after all. Is there such a thing? It's like I might I do I'll still be a good girl and I'll still get you your incontinence pads, even if you don't deserve them, because I do you know, is it because I care or is it because I'm a good girl? Well, maybe it's a bit of both, but I'm not gonna like you very much. So there. <laughs> but I'm you know, still, some... still gonna be a yeah. good girl. Yeah, there was something else too that there's an inverse, and I think we're gonna talk about that next month, is there's an inverse to overwork. Um and I know next month we're going to talk about, I believe we're talking about procrastination as oh, overwork. Yes. Yeah. However, something that was kicking in for me this week as I was thinking about not good enough, there is also, which to some degree is procrastination, but I'm going to highlight it just as just is also shutting down or not actually doing engaging at all. So if there's, so like, as I was realizing that part of also like the blog post that I did with what book should I write first for me to feel good enough, that was a huge push because usually to feel good enough, I would actually not share that. I would actually go all the way over here and then I'm not going to do that. Who's I don't, I'm just going to write the book in secret and then hope people find it. Like that would be the normal mo because... and why would that be julie because you don't want to be the girl that's all that which was the expression that at least loan uses and like i thought i've never heard that expression but i know i know immediately exactly what she means that girl who mm -hmm. is all that you think you're all that 
even the words just make me well even for me just to put myself out there like that where then I can get shamed ridiculed put down judged all the things right not held up to the standard of whatever the good girl is because what I'm doing would not be up to that standard (laughs) you know then and I and so there was that aspect of it and then I was also thinking so that's next month we'll be talking about procrastination in different forms and whatnot um but I was also as you were telling different parts of your story there was being reminded of what I studied in college yeah wasn't like things something I mean I studied yeah it was fun but I didn't really get good red grades in college because I wasn't as engaged as I was in other things in high school so I just realized, I just saw like this whole like unfurling of all these different things that were leading up to me not feeling good enough and how I would disengage or disassociate from what I was doing because it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I didn't need anybody to see or know that it wasn't what I wanted to do. I really wanted to do this. So like I studied all of this other stuff that didn't engage me at all. And I had way more fun being the music director at the college radio station. And I put my whole heart and soul into that. And then I didn't pursue that as a career because that wouldn't have been good enough. But that's interesting. And, yeah. Based on what? Like what made, what, why was whatever you were doing over here? And if it was marketing, Julie, I can tell you straight away, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> Sorry. It actually wasn't. It was telecommunications, which I had no oh. interest in. Okay. whatsoever <laughs> I didn't do, that's where I ended up was telecommunications so but why yeah. would being a music director in your mind be less worthy for want of a better word than uh, less pay less pay see I less ended up pay. with artists and stuff like that huh I ended up computing in telecoms just because a comment my mom made about oh well you'll always get a job if you do computing I was a mature student now having done fuck all and bummed around <laughs> when I was younger I did eventually go to university and do um computer science but I ended up in telecoms that's interesting isn't it that it's all about the money because yeah. did, did your parents explicitly tell you that how did you pick up on that um I remember I have an uncle that jumped around majors um he was in college my it, he was he was like the last child of my grandmother's eight. And so he um, jumped around majors a ton to the point where I just remember family members saying, oh, uncle so-and-so has changed his major again. Uncle so-and-so has changed his major again. He went from like oceanography, biology, political science. And I remember when he chose political science for his hot second, my family, extended family going, you can't do anything with a political science degree. So political science, literature, English, any of the things that political science wasn't one on my radar, but English and literature would have been, you can't do anything with those. You can't get a job in those. You can't, what are you going to do with that? Because I didn't want to be a teacher. You want to be a teacher? No, then you can't do anything with that. You have to do something that gets you a degree. Actually, and the other thing I really wanted to do was learn a bunch of languages and work for the UN and be a translator because I have an aunt that actually did that for a while. I really wanted to do that. It wasn't necessarily encouraged. And I'm not blaming anybody. It also didn't help that once I got to Japanese because I studied Japanese for a while, none of my, none of the teaching assistants could speak English. 
So no one could help me understand what they were teaching me in English. They taught it all in Japanese. And I'm like, I don't understand anything you're saying. And I couldn't make the leap um, without having that little English bridge for a little bit <laughs> in an effort to understand what they were saying. So sorry, there goes the lawnmower again. So that anyway. sounded like actually a woman's voice going, Whoa. <laughs> the angels again. Um, that's how they teach languages, though, that you don't get um, a translator. Where did you learn Japanese? At university, but usually the 100 level, you still have a little bit of help in English, as to, especially when you're explaining the grammar as to why. And, you know, when you're explaining the mechanics of the language, you usually hear that in your native tongue or the tongue in which you're being normally taught and not in Japanese. It was all in Japanese. And I'm like, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. So I ended up stopping and then switching careers. Although I still went on and studied other languages, which I love languages. I think all that is fun, but that's not something. That's the other thing is education is very much siloed. And very much, path, at least here, very much path-driven. It is. And to have that broader expanse to me is far more interesting. But that's just not how we are learned. That's how we learn. Like your uncle had the right idea. Because, this is, you know, we do all these subjects. They, they are subjects. They're not really things that are going to translate into a job at the end of the day. And then suddenly you hit like 17, 18, and you're expected to make a decision for the rest of your life about what you can do. It's like, how, how would you know? Yeah. I mean, look, I switched careers. Yeah. At 50, I switched careers. Totally. I prepared for it in the 40s. And then, yeah. And I would, I think that's part of it. I wouldn't, I don't regret anything that I did. I may have wanted to decide to learn a little bit more about some other things, but I think at some point it all came back around. It's still coming back around because I don't know all the things I want to know. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, yeah. I just, who did I hear? I was listening to somebody to, oh, one of our colleagues, um, Paula Hooper. We can put her contact information. Um, Paula Hooper, she learned, she started learning a, um, animal communication in her mid to late 60s, and she's in her 70s now doing as a CPP. Oh. Yeah, she doesn't look it, does she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. Mm hmm. Yeah, she did that. She said that the other night when we had an animal communication collective, also in the show notes, um, event. She mentioned that, that she's like, I'm proof that you can learn anything at any time and do anything at any time. It doesn't matter. Age does not matter. And I'm like, bravo, Paula. So, yeah. Anyway, I think we're at a good spot to end this week, don't you think? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you still want to talk about your mom? <laughs> um, I've never heard of her. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this week's episode of Making Light. Two humans being, one of the humans is myself, Julie, here, here to the other, I can't even say my name, the other human here, as always, is Kate Fago. We will see you next week when we discuss the fourth negative belief as it relates to work around, and that will be not feeling safe, secure, and protected. So if you have questions or thoughts beforehand, please leave them in the comments below, and we'll make sure to address them next week. Other than that, please let us know how Workaround helps you get through negative or your negative belief of not good enough, and maybe you're being aware of it and how it's unraveling for you. Let us know. We'd love to hear your experiences. Please hit the subscribe button. 
we're almost to 100 subscribers. So the more of you who can hit subscribe helps us get there. And the more we can get there, the more who pe other people can find us. And also hit that little bell so that you're reminded when you get, when there's new episodes, which are usually every Friday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope to see you here next week on Making Light Two Humans Being. Until then, take really good care of yourself.